0: The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. Songhezomapepe on on SAFM. According to a paper by the Institute of Race Relations, the appointment of an independent water regulator is essential if South Africa is to overcome its perpetual water crisis. Entitled, Thirsty Land, the paper notes that one of the key components of success in ensuring adequate water supplies is high-quality regulation regulation that should be re- regulation should be the responsibility of an autonomous government agency run by technocrats rather than politicians the paper also notes that the south african government needs to encourage needs no encouragement to introduce controls and it points out that an independent regulator would have to be free of corruption well That's the first point, because we've just had a whole 45-minute conversation with um, Dr. Silemoun about SOEs, and one of the key drivers there was about governance, the insulation of those in executive control from political interference. And the paper notes that there should be no such corruption. There should be no politicians, rather by technocrats. In the light of what prevails, how really feasible is, in the true sense, an independent water regulator? Good evening,
1: Terence. Good evening, and thank you for having me yeah so how um how feasible is it? well it would require uh rethinking the way that we've um uh we, we we've thought about water for the past i don't know um how long um mm-hmm. this uh water has always been a um has always been something of a of a politicized entity in south africa um but you know i think that over the past five years we've really um it's really been crunch time you know we've seen um we saw cape Town very nearly running out of water and we saw, um, uh, I think, probably more seriously, things like the sewage spills in the Vaal River. Um, now, uh, we can we can get by with a um, uh, without an awful lot, but without an adequate water supply, South Africa is literally finished. Um, you know, we um, we have a we have a number of interrelated problems. First of all, uh, South Africa doesn't get, um, uh, I think, gets about half the um, half the average rainfall. Of, um, Compared to the rest of the world, uh, we have um, aging infrastructure, and very interestingly, um, the Johannesburg area, uh, the mainstay of our economy, is pretty much unique in the world in that it doesn't have a large natural body of water. So we, you know, we're very dependent on the ability to uh, to bring water in. You know, that was the whole Lesotho Highlands thing. Yes. Unfortunately, what we've um, what we've seen, you know, we've gone from a, you know, I would say a reasonably good, um, uh, a good political direction of water. You know, one can um, one can sort of argue with the, um, uh, with the policies, but under uh, uh, Minister Asma and Minister um, casseroles, you know, I think that there was a uh, there was a sense of of what needed to be done. Um, there were mistakes made, but you know, uh, what, what what we've seen subsequently, you know, if you look at the situation in Yani, for instance, hmm.
0: it's an
1: it's an absolute scandal. Um, you know, as I say, we—you can survive for a week without electricity, you know, however difficult that may be. But without water, you know, people—people uh, 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 people literally die. Now, you know, we're facing this coronavirus, and as one of my colleagues pointed out today, you know, the mm. most elementary thing is being able to wash your hands. Sure. there are many many parts of the country, where you can't do that because there's no water that comes out of your tap, or the water that comes out is mm. so contaminated that you just rather not. So. We advocate a number of things. One of which is to say, you know, the politicians have blown it. Um, take this and put it under an independent regulator, which would be strictly um, uh, strictly technocrats, engineers, um, water experts. Take um, uh, take management of that out of the um, uh, out of the hands of politicians. Now that's difficult to do because you know you, you, you often find this sort of backroom influence. But uh, you know we just we we can't go on like this.
0: I'm going to ask, in the light of those recommendations, perhaps I jumped the gun, if you mm. might allow me to indulge. Sure. What was the scope of the research? Alternatively, the terms of reference. What was the question that you were asking, and what did you, or where did you look for the purposes of right. finding your answers? Um,
1: well, look, this, uh, this was done by my colleague John Kane Berman. Um, we were intrigued by um, uh, we've been intrigued over the past past few years by particularly the um, uh, the prominence of the issue and um, that the issue was attracting. Um, uh, you know, uh, if you remember, towards the beginning of of 2018, Cape Town they were saying by the by the end of April, which was going to um,
0: suppose a day zero. Yeah, yes. yeah.
1: I mean, remember a, a, a day zero. And you know, we started to uh, we, we sort of talk to people across across the spectrum, um, and you know, from there it uh, uh, it developed. We thought you know there was something something worth publishing. Uh, so, um, as far as the the uh, uh, the scope was, it was to investigate you know what is the state of play with with with, with water policy and water availability in South Africa. As far as the methodology, um, to a large extent, it was engagement with with um, uh, with experts. Um, you know uh, to uh, you know to try and understand what um uh, uh what you know people have been in the game for a long time um one of the people we spoke to for instance was professor anthony turton um uh so yeah that's that's uh that's what we were looking at and um You know, out of that came our
0: recommendations. It doesn't sound like there was um, a narrow scope. It sounds like there was a broad scope, which is great because then I suppose Mm. you could fit in whatever it is that came through. I do ask that question because I actually wanted to follow up with this particular question in mind. Yeah. I make no finding or take no issue to what other recommendation that you have made, and to the extent that I have not canvassed it, forget that for a moment. I I do want to probe this particular issue in relation to big business, your mining companies in particular, um, who are very dependent on Mm. water availability, who themselves have entered into these evergreen contracts, which are corrupting the state, be it at municipal, provincial, or national level. Mm. with very little to no consequence management for the contamination of the water. And just for an example, there was this British company in KwaZulu-Natal that packed up however many years ago, and there are these um, hazardous metals in the Mm. water there. I don't think that story is an isolated story, and to the extent that your research told you something similar Mm. elsewhere about that. One, what did you find? Did you have a look at these contracts, which are part of the problem when we talk about the crisis of South Africa's water and its management? Management.
1: Yeah, look, look uh, that 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 um, uh, that does come up. You know, when we uh, when we say that, that there's a need for an independent water regulator, this shouldn't be just be understood as being a kind of um, a kind of exercise in government bashing. One of the reasons why you need that sort of um, uh, that, that competent administration is to make sure that the, that the contracts are properly enforced, that they're properly drawn up. Now, um, you know, the the problem with with acid mine drainage, for instance, we um, uh, we looked at that. A lot of that you know comes from um is, is is a legacy issue that goes back to you know when these issues weren't just really within, uh, uh, weren't really um uh, in in policy consciousness we you know obviously need to um, uh need to deal with that you need to ensure that there, that there is proper rehabilitation for instance. Mm, mm. Um, on um on agriculture uh, my, my my own work um, is is um is very much in that field um you know, there needs to be, um, in addition to, to to regulating the resources we have, mm-hmm. um, encouraging things like purification, like um, uh, like recycling. You know, um, I think what, one of the um, one of the more interesting things that that, that, that we discussed was the idea that um, we've gone that we often talk about water in terms of a paradigm of scarcity. In other words, you know the need to the need to control it because there's only so much there. But you know, one thing is with with, with proper management and with proper administration, and with you know proper investment, water is actually something that can be. Um, uh, you can start talking about a paradigm of abundance. You know, obviously, you don't want to encourage wastage, but mm, mm. things like sewage can be can be purified. Um, in in agriculture, um, you know we we're still using quite a bit of flood irrigation, which is basically just dumping water on top of, um, on Mm, mm, topsoil. But, um, you know, things like drip irrigation, where you can target the roots of plants, now that it has been used uh, particularly in... In Israel? um, Well, in Israel, but but in South Africa and things like like grape cultivation. Yes, yes. You Um, never
0: see sprinklers just washing the crop, you know, it's to the roots. roots.
1: That's That's the kind of thing that, that that the private sector needs to um, uh, and, uh, needs to. Do. Um, but would they
0: really do that? Would they be so particular to do that when they know it comes at no cost to them on the current structure of their relationship with their state? Their behavioural patterns have never been checked or are scarcely checked, and to the extent that they are checked, there is very little consequence in that regard. Would then there be sufficient incentives for them to do that other than the moral incentive?
1: Well, you know that um, uh, once again, you said, "This is about um, uh, this is about you know uh, uh, reformulating the way that we um, uh, that we that we look at water."
0: Yes, you yes. need
1: um, uh, you need proper proper oversight and, and, and regulation. First thing, you know, I think we need to sort of staunch the bleeding, which is um, uh, which is pollution issues. Now, there's there's various mm. sources, uh, uh, and you know, poorly maintained sewage plants are I think probably the biggest. But you know, we also have a um, uh, have a major problem with um, uh, with the runoff from um, uh, uh, from industry and also from uh, from agriculture, you know, mm. fertilizers and that sort of thing. Um, you know, this is something we, uh, we 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 need to engage with um, uh, with agricultural unions. And certainly, you know, I think that that um, a lot of the farming community sees the um, uh, sees the problem because water is so intrinsic to what they do. Yes, um, but. You know, you um, you need to um, you need to sort of spark that that uh, that conversion from from us uh, say, mass usage to, um, uh, to to a more prudent model. Uh, but that also that you know that uh, that requires investment. So you need to look at things like tax incentives and and and, and, and that sort of thing. But certainly, you know, where where, where water um, where, where our where our water sources are being contaminated, irrespective of whether it's by a Dysfunctional municipality, or by uh, you know um, mining, or a reckless farmer, or whatever, that needs to be dealt with you know firmly and 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 and, and decisively. I mean, you know, one of the one of the problems, as you correctly say, is simply that um, you know you can, you can get by doing you know uh, sort of business as usual with no consequence. You know sadly that's um, uh, that is you know part of the administrative problem that we face.
0: Yes. Final comment because I mean sure. we are short of a bit of time. Song as or it has been raining three months straight in Bloomfontaine. Mm. I just hope they don't come and say we're experiencing drought two months down the line. That's Voyo in Bloomfontaine and I think that's a critical point. Yeah. We have been blessed, at least this year better than recent yeah. memory, with a decent amount of rain. And I think mm. it does go back to the first point that you said our water management system isn't not isn't mm. nearly adequate and our infrastructure equally is aging. How then quickly yeah. do we Make use, if you like, or capitalize mm. on the fact that we have rain. We've been praying for it. Now what? Right,
1: right. Okay. We need to, um, uh, first of all, ensure that our, uh, that our infrastructure is, is, is up to the challenge. Um, we've expanded, um, uh, you know, things, uh, 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 water access fairly well, you know, since 1994. The problem is that that's often come at the expense of maintenance. You have to do both. Um, secondly, um, you know, uh, uh, maintaining water uh, uh, water quality and augmenting, and then, um, you know, I think we also need to think very seriously about about consumption patterns.
0: Mm, mm, uh, so, yes. you know,
1: despite the fact that South Africa gets only sort of half the rain of the global average, we also have almost double the consumption per capita.
0: So our um, behaviour is not consistent with what we are getting.
1: Yeah, you know, it's 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 like you know we we, um, we don't spend more um, than we earn. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we kind of uh, we've kind of pre-approved the water credit card to, to, to the next generation, and we need to be, um, you know, we need to we need set that uh, to set that that right. One thing we did learn from the Cape Town experience is that that sort of behaviour adjustment is possible. It's not it's it's yes. not pleasant. And there's a lot of grumbling, but nonetheless possible. You know, the possible. Um, you know the, this is this is a um, a resource that we need to um, uh, we we need to actually prove prudently. I think if we do so, we have sufficient, um, you know, for our, uh, for our needs going forward.
0: My brother, thank you so much for your time. Interestingly no enough, tomorrow evening we're having a conversation with one professor who's based now at the University of Pretoria, but she is a national... My goodness, what is going on? I beg your pardon for that. I beg your pardon for that, terrence. I was just saying, tomorrow we're having a conversation with a professor from Nigeria about... Right. Generally, Africa's environmental management, and I would imagine water in the context of environmental management, would be a critical discussion on that. I'm not just wondering if you might want to listen to that and to the extent that you might contribute, albeit with a nuance towards South Africa. If you will, please do join in that conversation on the phone.
1: Um, yeah, certainly.
0: Mr. Terence Corrigan, project manager at the Institute for Race, Relationship, race Relations. Does South Africa need an independent water regulator? He says it does, but it comes with conditions, conditions which in the current climate probably for the most part do not prevail. Nonetheless, it's 21 hours. It is time
1: for news.